Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
these were only things. Danny wanted a mother. I killed the man who murdered him. The cultivating darkness is defined fertile. Equestrianism was a skill I'd picked up early in life, as stolen horses are far more difficult to track down than cars, and you can't eat a car after it runs out of gas. Though I had no such designs on my current steed, as I was no longer beholden to the turns of starvation. Additionally, I firmly believed my debt to horses already paid. Years ago I'd slain a certain socialite. A woman who, among other excesses, loved to collect horses. And naturally, given that she was a pig incarnate, she mistreated them. I was told as much by a stable hand I beheaded, right after he supplied me the codes for my target's extensive security system. What had drawn me to this pig was that her riches were secretly acquired through the efforts of children toiling in hidden sweatshops. Hers was an especially egregious example of piggery. I was careful to ensure that her conclusion was not lacking in appropriate irony. I had her personal chef cook her. Afterward, I served her expertly prepared meats at a charity event for a local orphanage, or whatever they call the things nowadays. Oh yes, and I freed the horses into the naked countryside. I have no idea if they thrived or floundered, but at least they were given a chance. Such exotic things, chances. A sentiment also recognized by the chef, I noticed. He grinned the entire time he cooked. The horse and I had traveled for days, and everywhere we went there were corpses. The dead were as common as pigeons on hot pavement, and whenever I could deduce the cause of death, it was refreshing to see that there was a creativity to the methods of execution. Death may be universal, but there's no excuse for it to be boring as well. Case in point, the road I traveled was strung with crucified bodies, outstretched along beams attached to every utility pole each of them blackened and stiff from the electricity that once poured through them. 
The religious theme drew me back to the conversation I'd had with the demon of madness, or whatever it was. I recalled the three strange metallic hats and the little straw-lined bed. The reference to the wise men and the manger of the Christ child weren't lost on me, as the creature believed he'd freed the mad by loosing their madness from without their broken brains. But what bothered me most was that he considered me to be one of his ragged flock. Was I really mad? I'd certainly qualified for a disorder or two, what with all my childhood traumas and such. And then there was all the killing I'd done in the name of worrying the world. I couldn't help but wonder at the creature's definition of madness. Freedom. Perhaps he meant that he and his children only appeared mad, but were truly enlightened. If that were true, he'd clearly not taken the time to fully analyze Dylan when he'd had the chance. Dylan was creative to the point of genius, but enlightened? Certainly, there were lunatics who believed themselves enlightened. Fools such as the family man. All his nonsense about art. But me? My feet weren't only planted solidly upon the ground, but upon the spiral itself. The path that moves behind the illusions of the world to pluck the secret truths that lie hidden to the naked eye. Then, amidst my musings, I suddenly got the joke. The weird hats. <laughs> they were tinfoil crowns. No matter where I went, the world was just a ghost of madness, and the people, the few left alive, were little more than mourners at Sanity's funeral. While the powers that left the world in shambles had largely receded, as there were a few obstinate shadows still clinging to certain narrowing margins, the aftermath was not lessened for their diminishment. I was curious to know how the world might pull itself back together, if at all, assuming the world had suffered the same fate as every other place I'd passed through. But one thing seemed certain to me, as I stood before a tree where a severed wolf head hung from every branch, its bark entirely hidden beneath the pack's gnarled, gray hides. The world would never be the same. The horse and I needed food and water, my store of delectable stew having perished long ago. So I was decided to detour into a small town rather than spend additional time foraging. Like all the other places I'd passed through, there were wretches. Some wandered in a state of shock, others sobbed, and still others tried to take advantage of the mayhem. It was the last variety who always drew my attention and sometimes much, much more. My business wasn't so pressing that I couldn't pause to open up a few swine along my path. The town was virtually indistinct from those before it, differing only in its monuments of a time none seemed to remember. Although, I was surprised to see the burning pits just outside of the city limits. Most places hadn't bothered to deal with their overload of corpses, which perhaps made the city Breakersville, the most progressive I'd visited. And then there were the structures that I'd come to see creeping up all around, the provisional shacks used to imprison the mad. While I couldn't be absolutely sure, though the structure seemed born from a certain and developing archetype, 
the unconscious shape of man's impulse to both shelter and exclude the mad, all while paying little mind to the hows and whys of it all. But the large barn just beyond the main road seemed to match for every other makeshift loony bin I'd passed. It had all the signatures, chained doors, encircled by torches, a small group of guards milling about. But most telling features, however, were the screams and other mindless ululations I could hear when the wind dropped an octave or two. It was past dark, and the sounds seemed to magnify for the fact, elevating the occasional and untended whisper. Thus, it wasn't difficult for me to tell that I'd earned myself some undesired attention as I entered the small city. The eyes that stuck to me as I passed along made me wonder if I could enter the spiral while on horseback, as I wish no ill upon the creature should I be forced to dismount, intent to certain watchful shadows. I was also surprised that the sight of a man upon a horse should warrant notice in such times of high strangeness, though I wasn't sufficiently moved to adjust my course for the attention. After all, given my long trek across the plains, a little fun with the locals might be just what I needed. This small spark of devilry caught fire when at last I heard loud voices rising out of the darkness. Moving closer to the din, I realized the source to be nothing else but a tavern filled with light and sound and patrons. Here was an attempt to rekindle a bit of the past, though not the previous epoch of order and monotony but of the untamed western variety. And there I was, seated upon a horse, no less. It was indeed a bar, though it wasn't the scene I'd expected. The clientele, while boisterous enough to qualify my hopes for a den of scum, could be heard arguing about the state of the world, rather than the general rubbish socks tend to fret and fight over. Taking my disappointment in stride, I tethered my horse to a telephone pole and walked inside the ragged, wooded tavern. I was a bit relieved when my unapologetic appearance garnered some fairly coarse attention. Some of the patrons grumbled irritably under their breath, and one especially drunk fellow openly suggested that I should get the fuck lost. Unfortunately, none of them seemed the sort of swine I was in the mood for skewering. Hey, this here ain't some kind of public place you could just mosey into, you know? These are hard times. So when I heard voices in what used to be a public place, I thought to inquire about food and lodging. Yeah, well, I'm afraid you're on your own, pal. Everyone here is already short of what's needed. We got nothing to spare. You see, that's what I mean, Seth. Your inability to see the one in the many. The man is a human being. No different just because he's not from around here. If he needs help, we should help. Period. We are all one. Nobody's truly on their own. It's funny how all that we're all one in the same bullshit doesn't float in the real world. When I share my food, my stomach doesn't feel full on account of my having lefts to eat. Despite the second man's want to help me, I couldn't help but find his argument unsavory. After all, the idea of sharing some overarching spirit with the likes of these fools, though perhaps inoffensive enough, was stomach-turning. I had no choice but to speak up. 
I truly hope your belief incorrect, kind sir. If we were, in fact, one, then that would mean we were but a single being, alone and locked in a cold room of infinite space. Nothing but madness and delusion to sate our want for company. I'd rather be on my own, as Seth said. Seems a stranger's got a head on them giant shoulders of his. And anyone who can one-shot Kenny, well, at least deserves a beer. I appreciate the offer, but I don't drink. However, some food and water for my horse would be much appreciated. And perhaps a bit of information. I wouldn't begrudge a man's horse, but uh, I'm not sure about the information part. What do you want to know? Anything you might happen to know about a small town called Bray. If the map I acquired a few days back is correct, it isn't far from here. There was a unified pause throughout the room of a dozen or so people. Perhaps I'd surprise their unified soul with my question. Why are you headed there? I'm meeting a friend. Hopefully. Uh, we had a fellow come through here the other day. Said he was on the run from folks up in Bray. Some doctor or another from the hospital wanted to get their hands on him. Not a day later, but doesn't an old, rusted-out ambulance marked for the hospital up there, Saints Memorial, come tooling through. It didn't stop to ask anybody anything, just slowly drove through the streets and then headed out of town. Same direction the fellow who said he was on the run took off in. And we also sent a bunch of people up there for medical supplies when all this, I don't know, whatever happened, happened. They never came back. Can't say I know what's going on up there, but sure as hell doesn't sound good. Honestly, you'd probably be best served by staying away from there altogether. From the looks of you, you could more than earn your place here. We could use a big fellow like you, even with your wrong-headed beliefs. <laughs> Had the world changed so much that I could now move about in public, engage in civil discourse? I felt similarly when I'd been tricked into seeking out the Golden City. Thank goodness events were quick to take a turn. Mitch and the boys guarding the barn was killed, and whoever's done it set the barn afire too. Stranger, you don't so much as flinch. Anybody gives a good look at whoever did it? Nah, not that I know of. Everybody come with me, and keep your guns trained on this guy. Sorry, fella, but you're the only newcomer we've had in the last 20 minutes, and now we got folks murdered. I was so relieved that the previous conversation had ended, that I barely registered the most recent events. Now, we're all gonna mosey on over to the barn to see what's what. Horse tracks and shoes the size of his should be easy enough to find. There was something sublime tucked away into the sight of the burning barn, and the scent of roasting lunatics, as if some sort of symbol had stepped beyond the abstract and into the directly physical, declaring the moment for itself not to be left to the clumsy hands of human interpretation. Clearly, it enunciated, madness has become the new world, and it shall spread like fire. So entranced was I by the message, I'd almost failed to notice the rather unorthodox corpses littering the ground. What would God's name happen to these men? This, this is unnatural. I certainly didn't have to accompany the town folk on their errand, but I was curious to see what had happened, and if it had any bearing upon my particular quest. As the assembly withdrew from the ruined bodies of several men, I only advanced to better assess the situation. 
Jesus Christ. Looks like they've been opened up neck to nuts. Blood's wrong color, too. Seems orange. And what's that stuff inside them? Sort of looks like metal. It is metal. Rusty machine parts, to be more specific. But they weren't stuffed in there. By the looks of the things, these men's organs were somehow transformed into rusty gears and cogs and other machine parts. And all of them are covered in a thick coating of rust. That's... that's... that's impossible. You... you must be looking at it wrong. I don't think the impossible is what it used to be. Look over here! Be sure it don't look like his footprints. Or a horse's. Walking a perfect line away from the strange corpses were a set of prints, though they were hardly of the standard variety. Each imprint was set the same distance apart, with little to no variance as they went along. Perhaps equally strange were the flakes of rust that littered each impression. Shoot all like it was the big guy here, that's for sure. Looks like they came from that a ways, over where the cars parked. Pulled over to the side of the road was an old car, nearly consumed by rust. Didn't you say the ambulance that came through here not long ago was... Covered in rust. Yep, just like that one. Not knowing precisely why, I was fairly certain all this did indeed somehow concern me directly. I could only guess that somehow the errand set for me by the mad creature from the ranch had somehow been made known to his pursuer, the lumbering female monstrosity. Yet, what any of that had to do with turning people into rusty corpses was beyond me. Moving back towards one of the strange bodies, I detected a slight whirring followed by a distinct clicking sound. Holy shit, they're alive! They're fucking alive! Without a doubt, the once motionless bodies were now stirring, their limbs spasming all while the sound of busy, wet machinery emanated from within their transformed orange guts. Shoot him! Shoot him! Despite the efforts of more than a dozen men and their guns, the previously dead bodies shook off the attack and stood upright, their movements stiff and robotic, eyes like corroded metal balls. Everybody get back! Stay away from them! Not yet inclined to act, I resolved to merely observe the situation, following the people where they retreated. Falling back to the edge of the city, the townsfolk arranged themselves around a small house at the edge of the closest block, firing at the slowly advancing mechanized corpses. Shortly afterwards, more armed inhabitants arrived on the scene, all of them lending their firepower to the task of toppling the orange invaders. The additional weaponry seemed to be doing the trick, albeit slowly. The orange-blooded corpse machines were slowly being blown to pieces, the closest of them falling to the ground only after its head had been blasted off, the body winding down like a spring-powered toy. And while the spectacle certainly had a lure, I was more interested in the creature that spawned this most recent bout of strangeness. Walking against the tide of townspeople, all of them hurrying to reinforce their fellows, I made my way back to my horse. Gunshots still ringing in the distance, I encountered a solitary figure standing next to my trusty mount. Looking down, I spotted the strange footsteps leading to where the entity now stood, facing away. 
It was human-shaped and dressed all in orange. Or was it a burnt umber? Having already entered the spiral, I looked upon the creature from my hidden vantage. I saw the passage of time, how it gripped a thing, thrusting it into one mundane cycle after another, locking it into pointless patterns that repeated interminably, rust forming upon the stiffening doldrums. Here was yet another transcendent symbol. It epitomized humanity in its endless obsession with tradition, its war against change. I suspect you're looking for me. The creature turned to face me. It was a corroded metal statue of a bearded man, its body parts riveted into place. Floating above its head turned a rusty cog. I can smell the disorder on you. The stink of defiance. My manners are a tad... <laughs> rusty. But I'm certain telling someone they stink is not the best way to open a dialogue. But I will open you. And fill your guts with all the turning wheels of an endless machine. And you will be glad of it. I promise you. Red Mother is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Stephen Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld, and sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Be sure to check us out at www.maltopia.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. If you want unique art and animations of Maltopia's stories, visit our YouTube page or click on the link in the show notes. If you're a fan and want to help the show grow, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And for more exclusive content such as additional lore, stories, and art, be sure to check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.